0: This life study is the basis for our program today and includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now let's join today's program. In a well-known exchange between the Lord Jesus and the devil, Satan tempted him to simply perform a miracle to prove his divine status. As the genuine and all-powerful God, this would have been easy for him to perform a simple miracle. But instead, he answered the challenge by saying to Satan, You shall not test the Lord your God. We're going to look at three major tests given to the newly anointed king in Matthew chapter 4. And Ron Kangas has joined us once again. Ron, we don't often think of the Son of God needing to pass tests, do we?
1: No, we don't, uh, especially in relation to his ministry. I would make two brief remarks here. Uh, one... The record clearly indicates a very significant sequence. The Lord was obviously appointed uh, to be the king. Then he is anointed with the Spirit, empowered by the Spirit for his ministry. And then he's tested. So we see here that one may be chosen by God or appointed by God for a specific aspect of the new covenant ministry. But then there needs to be the anointing, and following the anointing, there's the testing. And my other thought is this. When um, people prepare themselves professionally for institutionalized ministry, uh, the usual sequence is you complete your education and you're approved, then you're ordained, and then you serve. But with the Lord Jesus, we have another kind of pattern. Uh, He was the God-appointed one, but then he was terminated in baptism in his humanity and anointed by God, and then he was led to the wilderness to be tested and triumph over the devil, which indicates that in the genuine ministry in the New Testament, it's not good enough simply to be chosen and to be prepared in your human life. There needs to be the anointing, And there needs to be the testing in which the devil, the tempter, is resoundingly defeated. So we really need the Christ who is unveiled here because this Christ now lives in us and we may be one with him as he lives in us and therefore in a very real sense repeats his life in us.
0: Yeah, that uh, is very, I think, uh, important to realize that these tests that he passed so readily, when they come to us, uh, there's nothing in our inherent human fallen nature able to pass such a test. We really need the king within, don't we?
1: We need to be in him, and we need to have him in us. And only when we're one with him and allow him to be our all in all can we pass any test, great or small.
0: We're going to join Witness Lee for this first section. I'd like to point out just verse 1 right now in Matthew chapter 4. Then Jesus was led up to the wilderness by the Spirit to be tempted by the devil. Not an accidental encounter here that we're about to hear about. Let's go to Witness Lee.
2: We come to the newly appointed king. Right after his anointing, he was led to be tested. In God's administration, the uh, sequence is always like this. Firstly, you got children selected. Then you got anointed. That means appointed. Following the anointing, the appointment, God would put you into a test. Here I would say a word, many, many... Young people, when they got into marriage, they got appointed. Marriage is the best appointment. And before this appointment, you did have some kind of selection. Didn't you have some kind of selection? Among so many, so many, you surely have selected one. Then you had the appointment. You got appointed. We all know after the marriage appointment, what came? Test. (laughs) Well, nearly out of 100 couples, not one passed the test. We all failed in the test. We were so successful in the appointment. Hallelujah. We got married, but we didn't get the success. In our test. Now, the heavenly king just got anointed. Just got what? Appointed. Right after the baptism, the anointing, the appointment, the newly king, he himself didn't go to the wilderness. He was led. He was led by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit who descended upon Him, led Him into the test. God always puts us into a test. In doing anything, in God's economy, right after the appointment, there is a test. If the Lord Jesus needed a test, then how about us?
0: Well, Ron, this is, I think, really interesting. As we just heard pointed out, it was not the Lord Jesus who wandered out into the wilderness. He was led there by the Holy Spirit in order specifically to be tested. Ron, why would God incarnate in the flesh need to be tested in such a way as he was preparing to initiate his ministry?
1: The, the full answer, we must believe, are hidden in God. We can only know in part I would suggest two things. One is, the Lord is here in his status as a man. And we'll see, man, a creature, must deal with the devil, Satan, a creature. And the first man, Adam, failed. Now, God has become a man, and he is here in his status as a man, and he must be tested as a man. He must demonstrate that he has the standing to carry out the ministry for the kingdom of the heavens through his defeat of Satan's temptations. And the second point, a subordinate one, I would add is this. If our ministry is to have integrity and honor in the sight of man, it must first have a certain Invisible testimony, in the sight of God, and even in the face of the enemy. So the Lord Jesus, as our pattern, as the one who now lives in us, he was first endorsed and approved by God. But before he went out to minister before man, he bore a powerful testimony that he defeated Satan. It is sad to see anyone today present himself as powerful before man, but may actually be nothing but a pawn in the hands of Satan. So for the Lord himself as a man, he need to be tested, and to establish a pattern, he was tested, having been approved and anointed, to indicate that we also will be tested. But we dare not try to imitate him, That will lead to sure defeat. Rather, we need to be one with him, to deny ourselves, allow this wonderful one to live in us and to repeat in us his passing the test and his victory over the devil. Well, Ron, in this portion, there
0: are three specific tests that Satan subjected the Lord to. Let's look at the first one, a couple of verses here from Matthew chapter 4. And when he had fasted forty days and forty nights, afterward he became hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, speak that these stones may become loaves of bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone. But on every word that proceeds out through the mouth of God. Let's go to Witness Lee once again.
2: If you read carefully this portion of the word, this test is composed of three things. Firstly, the test of the matter of human living. He was led to fast. We may think by that time, 40 days, 40 nights, the Lord Jesus didn't eat. We all think this way. He didn't eat because he was fasting. But I tell you, by that time, he ate a lot. Well, he was fasting, he was feasting. Do you realize this? Why I say this? Well, he was fasting after 40 days, 40 nights. He was hungry physically. The tempter came in and proposed to him If you are the son of God, you just say word. Let these stones become bread to you. Then the Lord Jesus answered, "Man lives not only by bread alone, but by every word that comes out through the mouth of God. By this word, you can see the Lord Jesus." In a good sense, he was not fasting there. He was fasting. Here, we all have to see principle. In the Lord's ministry, in the Lord's economy, if we don't know how to lower down our physical demand and how to take care of our spiritual demand, we are not qualified in the Lord's ministry to be qualified in the Lord's ministry, we all have to realize we must be tested to lower down our physical requirement. Whether I will have a good living or not, that is most secondary. Whether I will have good food, good clothing, Good housing, good things in this, good things in that, physically or not, that is secondary. But to feast on the spiritual food is primary. Now I can testify, 40, 50 years ago was a real wilderness. Sometimes just one daughter coming saved our situation. Nearly every day we were tested. What shall we eat tonight? What shall we eat tomorrow morning? But that was the very good time we were feasting on the word of God. On the one hand, we didn't eat that much rich food. But on the other hand, my, we did feast on the rich word. Today, the principle is the same. In a matter of the daily living, everyone will be tested. Tested to show to the whole universe what is your concern. I wonder whether many of you have ever seen this point.
0: Well, Ron, this touches quite a tender point, I think, in today's religious world. There's a lot of speaking equating God's blessing To a high material standard. But there's not much speaking, pointing out to God's people that if we really mean business with Him, we will surely be tested in this area, won't we?
1: This is a sad fact, especially in the United States. Uh, The assumption that to be under the Lord's blessing is to be prospered in a material way and to have a life free of want and necessity. Uh, some observations here, Chris. First, this kind of concept is a strong indicator that those advocating this view of the Christian life are not carrying out the ministry that the Lord Jesus and the apostles carried out for God's New Testament economy. Uh, Another indicator, from another point of view, if we are the faithful followers of the Lord to carry out the New Covenant ministry for the establishing of the kingdom of the heavens on the earth, we will be tested more than once and quite severely in the area of material prosperity, in the area of finances, of housing, of transportation, so many things. If we are not tested here and if we do not learn to experience Christ, in circumstances of deprivation, then the enemy will have a lot of ground in us. And to say the least, we simply may not be able to follow the Lord or recognize as the leading of the Lord some kind of prompting to go to an impoverished area of the world or to dwell among those that have virtually nothing and to minister Christ to them. That somehow these people, uh, they always end up with, frankly, a lot of money and really luxury. And we're not here, basically, to comment on that, but to contrast this prevailing practice, especially in certain segments of the Christian world, with the experience of Christ in Matthew 5. He not only refused to do a miracle... He bore testimony that if he had to choose between bread and the word out of God's mouth, he could tell the enemy he lived by God's word. Yes, he was hungry, but his priority was the real food, God's word. And this matter must be settled in our being. We have certain basic needs, but our fundamental need and our highest priority are the life supply that issues from God's living word. This is a lesson that American Christianity desperately needs to hear and to experience.
0: Well, Ron, there are two other tests uh, that are chronicled in this section. Let's go back to Witness Lee.
2: Now, we go on to the second aspect of the test. The most powerful religion is the miraculous one. A religion that can do miracles. So, when Satan was defeated by this new king and the test by the matter of living, he brought this new king to the wing of the temple. And he asked Jesus to jump down to show that He was the son of God, and all the angels would protect him. Please, don't think you never had such a kind of concept. I myself, in the early days, had a lot of times always thinking, my, if I could do such a thing to show people that I am a supernatural person. I have the supernatural power. Just be honest. In your Christian life, didn't you have this kind of concept? Every Christian has been tempted to consider this way. Then the Lord Jesus answered, Don't tempt God. Don't tempt God. Then in the third aspect of the test, the enemy was also defeated. This is the matter of worldly glory. Including ambition. Satan said, if you worship me, I will give you all the kingdom and the glory. So the Lord Jesus, quoting a verse again, defeated the enemy, saying, worship God and serve him only. Satan, as a man, I, Jesus, worship God and serve him only. Who are you? You are God's enemy. I would never worship you. All the temptations are included in these three aspects. Either the temptation of the matter of living, or the temptation of a kind of religious miracle, religious power, or the matter of the physical glory. If you kill all these three, Satan can do nothing with
0: you. Well, Ron, it's surely clear by now that it was no accident that Jesus was tested in these three specific areas. We're all particularly vulnerable in these, aren't we?
1: All the believers are, but specifically uh, ministers, pastors, preachers, religious workers are vulnerable. Remember, the context of this is related to uh, the king's ministry, and if he had not passed the test in the second instance of religious power, then what would his ministry have been? It's not difficult to apply this principle to today's situation. So many purported exhibitions of allegedly supernatural power of uh, I don't even want to give instances here. I just want to be general. We should not be misled by this. This is an indicator that these dear ones have not triumphed in this area. The miracle-mongering, I would call it, making a display of one's strange and unusual powers in contrast to being as one who had a thorn in the flesh to live by God's grace as Paul experienced. The thing is upside down in today's religion to a large extent. And then the whole matter of worldly glory, empire building, wanting not only a national reputation but an international reputation and doing things in order to have power and authority and a realm for themselves. It's sad. It's heartbreaking. But we're all vulnerable to this. We can comment on the religious situation, but we're all the same. And we're powerless to resist. But we need to be enlightened by the word to know ourselves and to have the right understanding of the prevailing religious situation and contrast it with the experience of the Lord Jesus, who could lower his physical standard and live on the word of God who refused to make a miraculous display of religious power, who rejected Satan to the uttermost with the offer of worldly glory, but took the way of the cross. How different is the life and experience of Christ portrayed in Matthew 4 from the common situation today? How we need to reconsider the Lord himself and the way he was tested and the way he was prepared through his testing to carry out his God-appointed and God-anointed ministry for the kingdom of the heavens.
0: Ron, I think it's uh, maybe fitting to conclude the program with the last verse in this section. After passing all of these tests in such a glorious fashion, verse 11 leaves us with this, Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. At the conclusion of the test, taking the way of the cross and genuinely following him, all of the needs are ultimately met,
1: aren't they? The devil left in defeat, and the angels came to serve this triumphant heavenly king.
0: Thank you, Brother Ron. Always enjoyable and uh, always enlightening. Thank you again. You're most welcome. This has been our Life Study of Matthew program today. And uh, we are in volume number one. If you have been following along in the printed messages, if you do not have them and would like to find out about them, we invite you to call us. And most of all, we'd love just to hear from you. Uh, your comments and your impressions, your questions, are all very, very much appreciated here. And all of those uh, who work on these programs look forward to each and every uh, contact that's initiated by you. We know it's not convenient and not easy, but we are trying to make it as easy as possible for you. So we have a toll-free number. It's one eight eight eight. Life study. That's 888-543-3788. Of course, you can write to us at Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814, or send us your email, radio at lsm.org. And please do try to be with us again so we continue on a portion of the word that really, really beckons us all to give our full heart and attention. For Ron Kangas today, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening.
2: Dear Lord, we give ourselves to Thee.
1: Receive us into
2: Thy wise hands.
0: Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, produced by Living Stream Ministry. Living Stream Ministry is dedicated to the works of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, two co-laborers with the Lord in China during the first half of the 20th century. After World War II, Watchman Nee sent Witness Lee to carry out this ministry in Taiwan. Later, the Lord led him to the United States and eventually to the rest of the world before he went to be with the Lord in 1997. Living Stream Ministry now has hundreds of titles by Watchman Nee and Witness Lee available in English, plus many in more than 50 other languages, To find out more about Living Stream and all that we offer, visit our website, lsm.org. You can also reach us toll free at 1-888-543-3788 or email us radio at lsm.org. Thanks for listening.